Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about, because this is my podcast, and I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun, and we'll try to stay as calm as we can, but let's get into it, and let's all have some fun listening, and you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. before listening to this video. It's mature and may be uncomfortable for some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults or for those who get permission. Today for Find New Show Friday, I found an old show that I've never seen before. Strokes. Yep, it's an old show that I found on Roku. My dog likes old shows. What can I tell you? 
She is obsessed with anything that's old. Bewitched, I dream a genie, where I prefer things like Dynasty or Blackish, Grownish. I've been watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, though. It's one of the few good childhood memories. Yeah, TV. Yeah, that was like the only good shows I remember from all my problems. Different Strokes is an American television sitcom which aired on NBC from November 3rd, 1978 to May 4th, 1985, and on ABC from September 27th, 1985 to March 7th, 1986. The series stars Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges as Arnold and Willis Jackson, respectively two African-American boys from Harlem taken in by a rich white Park Avenue businessman and widower, Philip Dunman, for whom their deceased mother previously worked, and his daughter Kimberly. During the first season and the first half of the second season, Charlotte Ray also starred as Mrs. Eden Granite, the Drummond's first housekeeper, who ultimately spun off into her own sitcom, The Facts of Life, as a household mother at the fictional S. East Lynn School. The second housekeeper, Adderall Bucker, was played by Nevada Volz. The third housekeeper, Pearl, was played by Mary. First appeared as a recurring character, later became a main cast member. The series made stars of Coleman, Bridges, and Polito, Polato, Polito, ah, um, and he, but became known for the very specials episode in which series issues with racism, illegal drug use, alcoholism, hitchhiking, kidnapping, um, assault. I haven't gotten to those episodes yet. That'll be interesting when I do. Different Strokes was initially diverse to serve as a vessel for both Cor Corbin and Gary. By had recently finished a six-year run co-star as Dr. Arthur Harmon on the hugely successful Madeo. M-A-U-D-E. When that series and its producers followed an unsuccessful revamp in spring 1978, Teddy Tandem Productions produced Norman Lee was keen to find a suitable sitcom for Brian Astar. Ten-year-old Coleman, meanwhile, he had caught producer's attention after appearing in a number of commercials and TV guest roles. Yeah, um, people do say that even to this day in, well, from 2019, not recently that I know of, they would still, like, find people from commercials and, like, guest appearances that they wanted to, like, notice. So that has been, like, around for years where they like someone and then they're like, hmm, maybe they should be considered for a bigger role. So sometimes taking those smaller roles really do help. 
Um, and sometimes they don't. It really depends on the situation. Um, and previously, uh, pre and the previous year had starred in three pilot episodes by Lear that attempt to revive the Little Rascals film series of the 1920s and 40s. The pilot did not sell, although they were later edited into a television film for some markets. Lear saw immense potential in Coleman and was determined to find him a suitable sitcom and was decided that Brian and Coleman would make a good a good if unusual pairing for the project with Brian by B A I N himself having considerable input into the options available and direction they took producers consider a number of studies and formats on which Brian was a gumshoe? I don't know what that is. What is that? Someone explain to me what that is because I feel like I'm saying a bad word. If I am, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that is. With Coleman as his young associate chum informant, the fictional detective bulldog Drummond served as an inspiration for what would have been Brian's character, and although his concept was ultimately dropped, the surname Drummond was retained to become the surname of Brian's character in different strokes. Several such concepts were toyed with before a rough outline for the eventual series, in which I want to say his name is Brian or Bayan? Bayan. Bayan. I don't know. I'm calling him B. Plays a wealthy businessman left to take care of his late wife's late okay. <sighs> wealthy businessman left to take care of his late housekeeper's son, the orphan Coleman, was settled upon and given the work title forty-five minutes from Harlem. An alternative version of the basic scenario had a slightly harder nose. B as a wealthy estate developer who finds out that he can only purchase a potentially something Harlem housing block for redevelopment if he also takes custody of the orphan. Coleman, who lives there, this version was nicked in favor of the former. NBC show immediate interest feeling that the format had potential and at the request the pitch was developed with Coleman's character Arnold gaining an older brother producers feeling Coleman would benefit from the addition of a second slightly older child to interact with and who could add a further dynamic to the story to play this older brother, producers immediately decide upon a child actor, Todd Bridges, who had appeared in a in a number of commercials and guest roles. The producers were also impressed by B's stunt on the sitcom Fish, 
which had also been cancelled early in 1978. Bridges was offered the role without needing an audition. The pitch meeting to NBC took place on February, May 9th, 1978, with NBC immediately ordering an optional 26 episodes, a daughter-to-be's character, and a housekeeper were added to the lineup. Producer Al Burden had spotted Donna Plato as part of a cheerleading team auditioning on the gong show and felt she had a spark about her and remembered her from the role of Dumman's daughters, Kimberly. Producers were keen to cast Charlotte Ray as housekeeper, saying that her more traditional sitcom towns would work well for the unusual lineup and that as an older house older character she would have good chemistry with B. As with Bridges, Ray was offered the role without audition but also locked into a contract with CBS. However, Lear was determined to have Ray for the role and use his influence to convince CVS to release her from the, her contract, freeing her up to be available for the role. The title for the series eventually became Different Strokes, inspired the phrase Different Strokes for Different Folks. Yeah, my grandma said that to me the other day and I was like, what are you talking about, woman? I felt, I feel half old and half young where I live because everyone is different ages. I'm like in this weird limbo. 13 things you didn't know about different strokes. It made the schedule because the little rascals didn't. NBC's producer Fred knew he wanted to do something with Gary Coleman, the polished 10 year old who had gotten attention for his commercial spot. Uh, white supremacists were not fans. Well, yeah, I guess you weren't. I think this was interesting. Do I think we have evolved more in these past years? Yes. But sometimes you have to set that line. The title may have been inspired by Umhammer Ally? I have no idea what that Gary Coleman sat out episodes over money. Despite being the main attraction of strokes, Coleman was paid a fairly partly 1800 per episode when the show debuted. His parents, who also happened to be his manager, successfully argued for a raise to 30000 per episode. By 1981, the promise of luxury Sun money led to another request. This time, the Proctor Con had Coleman sitting on the sign for the first episode of the fourth season. His salary eventually increased. Coleman tweaked his catchphrase. According to the series writer Ben, the character of Arnold had a line that was scripted as, What are you talking about? Willis. When Coleman read it, he compressed it into what would be out of the most 
previous countries of the 1980s. What you talking about, Lilith? What you, what you are you talking about, Lilith? They wouldn't wear out, wear out its welcome, but there wasn't entirely successful. By the late 1990s, Coleman was so tired of the line, he refused to say it. That's the only downside to when you have a catchphrase on TV. I heard that a lot. Like on Full House, they had to say, like, you got it, dude. How rude. My Lanta. Like, when you get on a catchphrase, it, it can stick, and that's sometimes annoying, according to people. It cornered the market on very special episodes. Alan Thick co-wrote the theme song. Coleman had a kidney transplant during its run. Arnold appeared on the sh on other shows. When ABC urged to have Coleman use his magic on the rest of their schedule, Arnold was just sewn to Silver Spoon's stroke spin-off The Facts of Life and even on the Holly Unrelated TV Spellberg production Amazing Stories and Roman control man. Coleman loved to be less of a kid. As he neared adulthood, a teenage Coleman began to grow very weary of playing an adolescent Arnold. For the last season, he successfully pinpointed the writers to place Arnold in high school in order to feed more mature plots like dating and driving or slash jump into Mr. Drummond's lap. He also convinced NBC to give him a dramatic role in 1985 as the lead in a TV movie playing with fire. Todd Bridges played a guy who sold... I am not reading that out loud. Willis won the publisher Clearinghouse Sweepstakes, a 2013 ad campaign for Wish Fulfillment Publisher Clearinghouse use footage from old sitcoms to portray characters answering the door and seeing the prize portal in the sp in a spot fashion out of different stroke footage Arnold is charged to find out Willis has won the million dollar prize Coleman said goodbye to Arnold on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air despite being vocal about wanting to move on from the show, Coleman agreed to reprise the character of Arnold for the 1996 series finale of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. After the Banks clan decide to separate to pursue separate opportunities, Will shows their home to uh, buyers, including Arnold and Mr. Drummond, who provide some meta- commentary after Arnold plays his catchphrase. You know, Arnold, he said, those things were a little funnier when you were still a little child. So, I find the show interesting. I don't know. Something that my dog won't yell at. You don't know how many times she barks in the house at night. It gets really weird. And you have to try to keep her quiet because other people are sleeping and they have work and school and it's like, dog, I love you. Please don't. So, I watch what she wants at night. So during the day, I try to watch what I want. It's like having my sister live with me again. Yeah, it's adorable, but a little weird. She's a cute little dog, my best friend, but still. 
Well, I hope you all enjoyed. You can check out Gummy Bears Podcast Land because over there I'll be talking about seagulls. Or just goals, apparently, is their actual name. I'm not really sure yet. We'll find out. I hope you all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.